Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another College Football Roundtable. This week's headline actually reads, Texas is back. The Buffaloes took it personal and handed Nebraska their second loss and are now 2-0 and for the season. Bama, Clemson, as well as Clemson. And are we watching a change of the guard in college football? What's up, Trash Talkers? Welcome back to another College Football Roundtable, or if you prefer, Ring Knocker Radio. Right now we are two O's, and we're waiting for Joe, but he's coming on tonight, so we will be able to uh, – have him participate with us. However, without nice. <laughs> Somebody in the chat just said hook them. Yeah, they certainly did. And uh, yeah, so without, without further ado, you've got your host, Rob, the Anger Colonel here calling out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. You got Dano E. Cabeza in Coastal Connecticut, and we will have Trigger Joe coming out of the house, of the, coming out of the home of the big house. But while we wait for Joe, uh, Dana, what games did you end up watching? Yeah, so I obviously caught the Army game in person there at Mikey Stadium. Caught most of Ole Miss at Tulane on the drive home. I thought Tulane was going to pull it out, but they just did not quite have enough. And then I watched about the first half or so of Texas at Bama, enough to realize that Bama's O-line needs some work and that they were not going to come back. Yeah, so for me, of course, I watched the Army game. I actually, you know, I – tried out my multi-viewer this week which was kind of <laughs> cool i had to i had to go out and add an additional uh mesh network for my streaming <laughs> services because i had so many devices streaming at the same time it was choking down my network so in order to get them all to work at the same time i had to put another usb hub in there to uh, make it work but i ended up watching the army navy or army game of course peeked in on navy wasn't too impressed peeked in on air force late wasn't too impressed watch the holy cross game hey that's two future army opponents and i will tell you holy cross actually looked better than boston college how they won that game is is nothing yeah, i was gonna ask for those of us who totally missed it who actually pulled that one out i saw it was close yeah it was it was bc but it was not by much you know it, wow. it, it was a very highly contested contest which you know could be good or bad depending upon how it goes for the rest of the season. Hey, I know some uh, UNC fans that had ulcers after playing App State. <laughs> like, that was danger close. And I was watching that game, and I was like, wow, because I know a whole lot of people are going to be upset on Sunday morning if they didn't pull that one off. Buckeyes against uh, Youngstown State and Michigan against UNLV, that was basically the same game. They had the same score, and their performances were about the same. And then, of course, watch Texas abuse Bama which was surprising because I did like being completely honest. I don't think anybody saw that game going the way that it was. I knew if it was close at halftime, maybe Bama had a chance, but. Okay. So here's the, here's the thing. Just, this is the statement for 2023. We had too much faith in Nick Saban. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's that's nuts. Yeah, that's fair. And that's insane to think that because when you really look at, you know, the overall disposition of college football and we'll we'll get into it a little bit deeper. We talked about it last week. The transfer portal helps like, hey, guess what? Two weeks ago, nobody was talking about Travis Hunter. Now everybody can't stop talking about the guy, you know, Mm. and 
to his credit, the guy's an athlete. He plays very, very well. There's other players in college football. But, again, he is like the marquee player outside of Caleb Williams that hit the transfer portal and actually is benefiting from the move to a new team. But uh, while we're waiting for Joe, again, we will jump into our reading. So we have a sponsor here called buyerbarn.com. And Buyer Barn is founded by my co- by classmate, uh, class of 97 graduate, Dan Robinson. Dan ran a traditional farm co-op and an animal auction and realized that there was a better way to modernize the farm sales and bring it into the 21st century. So he and his co-founder, Dino, took their experience in IT management and development and created the world's first farm-to-farm online auction and sales platform. Buyer Barn provides reduced health issues by cutting down animal and owner contact, reduce animal fraud through a buyer and seller rating system, a fully integrated auction platform with secure payments, convenience to buy and sell on your own time, and better market pricing because you have a wider audience. So if you have any questions, go to info at buyerbar.com. They are making a special offer to military veterans who want to assist them in the small family farm revolution. And of course, there is a tab on the Ask for Football webpage. Just click on that and it'll take you right over to buyerbarn.com. Welcome, Joe, from the home of the big house. What games did you watch this weekend? I know it took you a little bit to get on here, but we want to know what was on your TV after you got back from watching Michigan slap UNLV around. Yeah, forgive my tardiness. I got I got the little ones right now, so just passed them off to Mama. I'm, Texas and Bama was <laughs> an eye opener for a lot of people, um, but you know Texas played them really tough last year, so I was expecting a good game, just not the way it looked, but. Um, Utah and Baylor was a good one. And then I, I love watching Prime do what he's doing. So amongst the Michigan UNLV game, I was watching Colorado felt Nebraska. Yeah, that's fair. I, I will tell you, man, you know, as much as, as much as we'd like to say that uh, Bama is having a backslide, I think it's just because with the transfer portal now, like again, and, and just like the note said, NILs is starting to become the equalizer. If you can produce cash, you mm. can get the players that you need to fill those gaps where normally if somebody graduates, you're like, Oh crap, like who's in development that can step up and fill that role. But nowadays yeah. it's just like, Hey, let me just scroll down 24 seven sports and see who's available and then start <laughs> making some phone calls. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, and, it's, you know, the, the backside of that too, is if you're the fourth linebacker at Alabama, you don't stay there. You go to wherever they're looking for a number one linebacker. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. I was going to say this really quickly, but you don't want to hear something that's really funny. Like talk about the transfer portal being an equalizer. The last two quarterbacks to beat Alabama were transfers. You got Joe Burrow and now Quinn Ewers. So both of these guys are transfer portal guys going to another team. And then of course, if you uh, watch the full game and watch the end of it, add insult to injury, Texas chanting SCC at the end of the game. Like, <laughs> it's like, how about a little class, guys? But I'm sure I would have joined in on the chant, too, if I was a Texas fan. Uh, you you can't dominate like Bama did for so long and then not have some people relish in your, your fall. That's just the way yeah. it works. They were yeah. so good and so dominant, they made it boring. But I was going to say about the portal, when we first started together, the three of us, I remember early on, maybe week three, one of us said college football, it's not going to look anything like it used to in a couple of years because of the transfer portal. And I'm not saying anything bad about it because everyone's doing it. And I know the Wolverines have benefited from it quite a bit. Um, But it seems like the Wolverines are replacing their left tackle and uh, two other linemen and a linebacker every year through the portal. That's nice, man. uh, 
Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, you can live by it, die by it. Um, but we, I mean, Ernest Hausman from Nebraska, I think he's one of our leading tacklers for Michigan. And he started as a true freshman for uh, Nebraska a couple of years ago. So, yeah, that's true. Dano, if you don't mind, let's run down the uh, service academy results. Yeah, man. Uh, so uh, Army beat the pants off of Delaware State University. Looked good defensively again. Held the shutout, uh, 57-0. This time the offense performed as expected. We're obviously going to talk about that a lot more on the other show, on the Army show. The Falcons are now 2-0. and um, I didn't watch any of the game, but they only won 13-3 to at um, on the neutral site against Sam Houston State. Sam Houston State, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it looks like the, the Zoomies got some work to do. Their defense looks real good, but their offense, I don't know, man. They got Utah State at home. Um, the, the line on that game is like 10, but I'll – but that's a little closer than you'd expect. And finally, Navy B. Wagner after a, a rain delay, 24 to 0. Ty Lavatai, 8 of 13 for 161 yards and a touchdown passing. Um, you know, listen, I, just, I still don't know if we know what Navy is any more than we necessarily know what Army is, but both teams have a big games this week against American foes. Mids are at Memphis and Army is at uh, UTSA. So we'll see how everybody looks. Coast Guard Academy beat the hell out of Anna Maria, took no prisoners. Final score 93 to 24. Um, Rob says, even the water boy's grandmother caught two, t- two <laughs> touchdown passes. That is unbelievable. 35 points in the first quarter, 21 points in the second quarter, 14 points in the third quarter. And then they put in the JV who put up 23 more points in the fourth quarter. Holy crap. Uh, Merchant Marine Academy beat Gallaudet in a weather suspended uh, game, 31-13. They have a bye this week. Their next matchup is on the 23rd of, of September against SUNY Maritime. That's a big game for them. Yeah, it really is. And and like Coast Guard Academy, good Lord, like 93 points. That's a basketball score, like a very lopsided basketball score. But for that to happen, it, you know, in major college football, I mean, even if it is FCS, like that's a that's a bludgeoning that's at nuts. some point. It's a division one. I mean, it's not, you know, that, that'd be a bludgeoning in a high school. Yeah, Holy I, crap. I'm pretty sure that there are some parents for the other team that were, were slightly upset that uh, that whooping <laughs> continued like that. But speaking of whoopings and, and things to, to continue. So, like, Joe and I were talking about this earlier this week. You know who it is, but uh, I know who it is. But I think because uh, this person has had the dubious distinction of being nominated for the, the Blue Falcon of the Week twice, I think we go ahead and uh, give him the Blue Falcon Emeritus Award. And so whenever we don't have a good one, like he automatically becomes the Blue Falcon. So he will always be the Blue Falcon. And then we'll find somebody else on top of this. But without further ado, let's go to Joe for the Blue Falcon of the week. Yeah. Uh, Another lesson in knee jerk reactions, gentlemen. Um, I said it when they signed this guy, but Mel Tucker has had a character issue since he left Colorado State after promising a bunch of boosters at a dinner. I'm not going anywhere. And then like the Cleveland Browns with uh, what was his name? Art. I can't think of his, is it model? He moved him out of there in the middle of the night. And, uh, and uh, he left, he just left with no announcement. And when he got to Michigan state, I thought this guy's not going to do the job against the talent that coaches in the big 10. It's going to be another Michigan state failure. When they signed him to 95 million, I knew it was going to blow up in their face. Did not know it was going to blow up in their face like this. And I won't get too into details. Um, we're all fathers. Um, we're all pretty disgusted by what, what. With the amount of people 
that would love to see Prime fail. He's got people recording him everywhere he goes because he's not going to let that happen to him. And with great, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. And I just don't understand where you sign a $95 million contract and don't realize that. Um, so Mel Tucker, I do not want you teaching any kids that I know character, discipline, morals, or anything after what I've heard in the news. You are the Blue Falcon. And as a diehard Wolverine fan, I really do feel bad for the kids that play at Michigan State because now what do they do, Mel? You know, what about these kids who you went into the living rooms and recruited and promised their mothers you'd lead them in the right path and, and do right by them and help them become a man and show them the way? This is it? <laughs> yeah, you're the Blue Falcon, my friend. And like Colonel Rob said, you're going you're gonna to stay there for a while and we'll send you some company next week. But for right now, sit in the corner, think about what you did, and pray to God you coach him football someday again. Yeah, that's it. And I, I could go for days, but there's details that I don't really want to get into on our show. So yeah, for sure. I, I I mean, again, it's one of those things. It's it's college football. There's already enough pressure on you for things that are going to happen. Like you got to win every game, right? Like it's not like it's not like a high school team or in the NFL where there's parity. Like you have to run the table, and if you're not running the table, you're already in question as a coach. And then if you throw some character issue in there, it just makes it that much worse. And so, yeah, uh, suspended without pay was the last thing I heard. And, and more than likely, uh, old Coach O is freaking looking as he's doing the, the behind the tree meme. because yeah. <laughs> He might be getting some calls this week. He released a statement that said, I'm having trouble forgiving myself. And I was like, dude, I don't need to hear any more. You just said it, pal. Well, and one of those yeah, things yeah. is it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Like with that situ- with that situation, if you say too much, you're in trouble. If you don't say anything at all, you're still going to be in trouble. So the best yeah. thing that you can do is just, you know, he could slither back under the rock where he came from, I guess. But uh, without further ado, speaking of sliding, let's talk about uh, the top ten because I had to update that uh, earlier today. Joe, if you don't mind, uh, you want to run this down? Um, Actually – the, the notes I have them on are on this phone that I had to shoot from because we got a storm going on. Um, hey, I know Texas is in the top four. And and other than that, it's what USC, Michigan, and Georgia on the way one through four, right? In reverse yeah, order? Well, yeah, I'll run okay. it down. So the number one is uh, UGA, of course. I don't think they're going anywhere unless they struggle against a team that they shouldn't beat. Even if they struggle against a team they shouldn't beat, you know, they'll come back and win it, and they'll still get the hat tip. Uh, Michigan's number two, still holding strong. I mean, 35-7 to seven over uh, thirty-five to seven over UNLV. That's a basketball school. They're not known for that. Florida State moved up one, so they went from number four to number three. Yeah, Texas with the biggest move up. They went up seven to, to number four. USC went up one from six to five. US, or Ohio State dropped from five to six. Penn State didn't change. Washington didn't stage. Notre Dame moved up one, and Bama fell seven places after the loss to Texas. And, again, other notable drops, you had Tennessee drop from 9 to 11, OU dropped from 18 to 19, and then North Carolina dropped from 17 to 20. So that's the rest of the movement in the top 25. And then top 25 upsets this week. So you had Tulane lost to Old Miss. Uh, that was an unranked team, 37 to 20. 
No, no, they were they were ranked. They were ranked, they were ranked next to each no, other. One I'm, was twenty third, and one was twenty fourth. Yeah, I'm sorry. Correction. And then, uh, but two lanes are going to be out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This no, I agree. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Texas A&M with Wisconsin as well. Yeah, Texas right. A&M lost to Miami forty eight to twenty three. Like I think Zop called that one. But, yeah, he uh, did. That's that's ugly. And I mean, that just further goes to show you that sometimes NIL isn't the equalizer. I think it has to do with recruiting and coaching, right? Because look at all the money that that Florida State has dumped into their program in the last two years, and they are getting no results. And to lose to an unranked Miami team, that's bad. You know, Texas beat Bama. We already talked about that. And then, you know, Wisconsin lost to the Cougs of Washington State, 31-22. And I think that's going to keep them out of the top 25 for a while. They're going to have to, they're going to, have to put some hurting on people to move up because, uh, you know, old Luke Fickle, as good as he was at uh, Cincinnati, he's one and one right now in a new spot. But this brings us to the topic for this week, like pole position switches, and that's the easiest way to say it. But we've seen Bama and Clemson Clemson this season. And uh, do we honestly think that there are no longer any elite programs in college football? Or do we think that uh, with name, image, and likeness and – with the transfer portal, are we finally going to start to get to parity similarly enough to like the NFL? What are your guys' thoughts on that? Joe, it's just hard to, it's hard to maintain yeah. dominance. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Um, we're just stepping all over. This go, is go ahead. Broadcasting, uh, broadcasting guru here. Um, it's hard to maintain dominance over time, right? I mean, guys figure it out. And I don't think Bama is like a worse program. It's just dudes are catching up with him. You know, his coaching tree is now out coaching. Um, you know, and and as we said, NIL makes it easier to recruit top players. The, and again, like we said, the portal means you can no longer stack five stars on your bench. Deion Sanders is has adapted. He's running a fully pro-style system now at Colorado. Like, that's what the future looks like. And we talked about UOM, too, like that a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, these deep pocket fan bases, it makes it a way bigger difference now. I mean, Tennessee – they got enough money to put a team together. Um, Texas A&M, they have enough money, but they haven't put it all together. But eventually, like I don't think you can hold the program down just based on its size. Uh, it just might take them a little longer. It, it is nice to see Texas back, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. The one, the one comment that I have, and then I'll hand it over to Joe, is like you mentioned it, and and it was years ago, like in 2014, when they first went to the first playoff system. What? What did, or it's 2013, because it was right before Urban Meyer went back into college football to coach at Ohio State. And what he said is, when I get to that team, I've got to build a team to beat them. And he points over his shoulder, and it was in the, you know, the BCS championship game, and Bama was playing. And so I think, like, smart coaches are not just designing a team that can win in their conference. They're looking at a team that can beat the most dominant teams in the country. So if you're building your team to beat Alabama or USC or Clemson, like you have a much better chance of running the table in your conference, but you also have a better chance of winning those, beating those teams in the postseason. But Joe, what are your thoughts? Yeah. As far as parity goes, if we don't have it, we're as close to it as we've been in a long time. Uh, Otherwise prime doesn't go into TCU after kicking 40% of his team off and uh, thump the team that played for the national title with a team that didn't even go to a bowl game. I mean, I love what Prime's doing, not just because I was a fan of his when I was a kid, but he's proving that, you know, you can still be romantic about college football. Every game isn't already decided. And I, you know, I know they still got to play the games, but no one was picking Colorado. Colorado was 20 point dogs in that game. And they went in there and won. That team just played for the national title last year. And I know they lost Max Duggan, but it was still TCU. 
And two years ago, Colorado loses that game by 30 points. And I, I love the fact that he's come in and yeah, the NIL is a big deal. You couldn't get a hotel room um, in, in Boulder this weekend. And I've got family out there. And when was the last time Colorado was selling out games like this? You know, I, I don't know, if, but they were, they were in the dark ages there for a minute. So it's a beautiful thing because I, I am a football nerd and I'm romantic about sports. Uh, it's just a beautiful thing to see uh, an aspect of college football where, you know, Georgia looks unbeatable. And then Ohio state who lost to Michigan by two scores misses a field goal or they win the national title or are playing for the national title. I mean, it, it I thought that was the best representation of parody and the right teams getting in. Cause as people like to say, Michigan choked, well, they lost by six to TCU and they gave up two pick sixes. Can't do that. As soon as they did that, I knew the game was over, but there was no blowouts. Yeah. You know, yeah. there was no blowouts. Ohio state loses by one Michigan loses by one score. And I can't remember what the national title was, but I mean, Georgia is the closest thing to Bama. And just like Dano said, where'd their head coach come from? Yeah. I mean, people are figuring it out because they learned it through, you know, uh, Nick Saban might go down as the greatest college football coach of all time when he's, when he's done. Um, well, I don't like saying that I'm not a huge fan of his, but a lot of <laughs> yeah. the guys, a lot of the guys that are having such great success did come from that system. And uh, Jim Harbaugh's turned out quite a few head coaches from his system as well. Like uh, Jed fish went out to UCLA and pulled three or four coaches and a couple of players with them. And it's kind of like you, you want to cry over the spilt milk at first, but then transfer portal, NIL, there's just so much turnover, you know, and you're yeah. getting guys with experience that weren't on the team last year that were real, our quality starters. So uh, I, if it's bringing me college football, then I love it. And I don't think it's hurting the game. So um, it's actually made it more exciting and a little more interesting. And uh, I think every game really does need to be decided on the field because you don't know what you're dealing with. Cause so like I said, so much turnover. So uh big fan of it. Yeah. Well, one of the things I will say though, like th this is, this is one of the things that, that kind of, that kind of bugs me and it's all the rule changes, right? Like, Sure. Big time army fan, as much as I like to see, you know, dudes getting cut blocks and all those things. Like if we could regulate the transfer portal, like we're trying to regulate blocking on the field, you know, or keep the NCAA out of it completely, either they're all in or they're not. And I think it's just, I think it's just, that's problematic for me because again, it's like, I would love to see army Navy and air force continue to run their offense as it was intended. But what we're turning into is like that pro style offense. Like everybody's going to have to run some variation of that. Like you can have a run heavy pro style or you can have a throw heavy pro style offense. But, you know, we're starting to get to that point. And then one of the other things that I found a little bit unnerving about the Alabama Texas game was the fact that they were harping on the injury to the defensive backfield in Alabama. Right. We see that in pro betting all the time. Like that's why there's an injury report. So people can adjust their fantasy rosters and change their betting lines based off of who's in or who's out. And you can tell the difference between, you know, a team that has their key weapons and a team that doesn't look what happened Kansas, Kansas City. City. Right. <laughs> I mean, like you said it, but that's the oh. truth. Right. Because with with Kukli out of the game, like huge weapon that could not be used and it changed the whole face of the game. And so my concern is I don't want college football to become the hundred and, you know, the 170 team, you know, competitive training venue for the NFL. I want there to be enough distinction between both leagues that 
you know, there's still passion in the college football game. You know, I want to see, I want to see dudes like Travis Hunter and Sador Sanders year after year after year in various different programs all throughout the country. I don't want to see guys that are like, I don't want to see Johnny Manziel's. I want to see Travis, you know, Travis Hunter's, you know, guys that are actually in there for the love of the game and they're playing their asses off. And we just happen to, to be lucky enough to watch these kids play, you know, in the moment. But that's kind of my thought on that. Hey, speaking of Travis Hunter, if he's as good as I think he is, you might you might not see another one of him for a while because mm-hmm. there's one player and he played at my favorite school that that kid reminds me of. And I think you probably could guess it, but he looks like Charles Woodson yeah. uh, and he's big. And I, I just there's so much about that situation that I love. Did you ever see his first game right before he walked out on the field? He walked up to, to prime and was balling like a baby hugging him saying, thank you for believing in me. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. And then follows him to Colorado. And now the whole world knows who the kid is. Yeah. You know, cause there wasn't a whole lot of college football fans that knew who he was at Jackson state, even though they should have. Um, but he's getting the attention that his talent warrants. And I, and I'm happy for the kid. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the part that, you know, again, to go back to your point about romanticizing college football, it's like those are the stories that we want to see. Like everybody liked the movie Rudy because like, yeah, it wasn't based off of a true story, but like just a kid being so passionate about his team and doing everything that he can to get on the field and play. Like, I think everybody inherently understands that need or desire to to have that that showcase of your talent, you know, and when the when a guy gets the opportunity to do that, it actually works. But uh, speaking of working, we've got a sponsor here. Dano, do you mind reading the... Before I read this, I would just like to say that uh, Rudy paid to be a tackling dummy for four years. Thank you. He couldn't Fred Oxen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Craig Oxane is the Vice President of Residential Lending for Draper and Kramer in Chicago. He is a licensed uh, mortgage broker, licensed to lend in all 50 states based out of Chicago. He's one of the biggest, most successful VA lenders in the country. Uh, Friends, the mortgage process is super confusing. Interest rates moving all over the place. You know, you really don't want to deal with some clown who's just trying to make a buck off you. You know, they give you like two inches of paper to sign. You don't know what it means. You know, they're going to take your firstborn kid if you can't make these payments. Definitely going to lose that house. You know, deal with somebody who actually cares that you can trust. Not a call center, not some random big box bank or mindless website. Deal with Craig like he's a guy. And this is how the West Point Network functions. Craig is helping us stay in business here at Azure Football. And we're helping you get the best deal on a mortgage that we possibly can by introducing you to this guy that you really need to meet. It does not charge a lender's fees for veterans. That's a huge savings, about 1300 bucks. Like that's a lot of money. So Craig Oxane, Vice President of Residential Lending. Uh, check him out. He's links on our website. You just go to asforfootball.com, click on the Click on the little button, fill out a little questionnaire. You'll be talking to Craig in a couple of hours. Everybody raves about the dude. I'm telling you, this is the way to go. So thanks. Thanks, Daniel. All right. So let's go into the games of the week. Uh, we're only going to highlight a couple of them, but there are a bunch of matchups. Hey, we got football on Thursday again, which is great. So if you have an early weekend, that would be awesome. Uh, you've got number 22, uh, the U taking on Bethune-Cookman at 7.30 on the ACC Network. I don't know if I'd really want to watch that one, but, again, it's like it's kind of weird this season because I don't think uh, I can ever recall in recent memory, like, the Powder Puff games being lined up, you know, 
almost four weeks into the season. Yeah, but, words out of my mouth. But it, it's happening. You got Navy and Memphis. That's going to be the primetime game on ESPN on Thursday. Uh, that one's usually a good contest. Not to say that I give the mids anything, but usually they play Memphis pretty tough. That's usually a back and forth game. So if you want to watch a good football contest, that may be better than the Thursday night football game because I'm not sure exactly who's playing, but uh, definitely uh, opportunity there. Friday, you got three games on Friday. You've got Army against UTSA. The kick is at seven o'clock. That'll be on ESPN. I think it's also going to be on the ACC network locally for those of you guys that are in. Tejas, you've got Virginia and Maryland playing at seven. That's a seven o'clock kick, and then you've got uh, Utah State and Air Force. So if you can split your uh, your time between Army and UTSA, but if you are a Zumi fan, uh, I am still pulling for Utah State because I think they're a much better team. But moving on to Saturday, uh, early kicks. You've got LSU and Mississippi State. That one probably will be okay. You've got Florida taking on Boston College. That's going to be a drubbing based off of the way that Florida State has been playing the last couple of weeks. Uh, Boston College is probably going to be trying to get out of there with as few injuries as possible. you got Penn State against Illinois. That one might be okay. Uh, I don't know. Wake Forest against Old Dominion. I think that one's going to eventually turn into a rivalry game in the next couple of years just because ODU is close enough where they can travel, and Wake Forest is actually better than – we thought they would be without Sam Hartman. So that one might be an interesting matchup in the early kicks. You got Liberty at Buffalo. You got K-State and Missouri. So you've got that on the SEC network at a noon kick. Again, here's another one of those weird ones, Weber State versus Utah. That's a early afternoon, so this is 2 o'clock. That'll be on the Pac-12 network. That might be the only Pac-12 game that's coming kicking before 6 p.m. Got Central Michigan and Notre Dame, like – I don't even know why we're playing that other than to exchange the check. Just hand them the money and call it good. You've got Minnesota at North Carolina. I think that game's going to turn out to be better than it is. I think uh, North Carolina may come in a little bit flat just because they straight up had an emotional game against App State. And Good old App State. Hey, like whether you like it or you don't, App State is a very good football program, and I think uh, that like they literally were like a sneeze away from beating UNC, and and Drake May almost lost his Heisman opportunity just that quick if they would have lost to to App State. You got San Diego State and Oregon State. I think that'll be a decent contest, three thirty kick. Got South Carolina and Georgia. Do we think that Spencer Radler can show up and play upset monster again? I don't know. Uh, I mean, if he if he played like the way he did at the end of the season last year, which took him some time to get there, like it's too early in the season for him to be in that late season form. He had done that last season, but I don't think he's got the chops this season. You've got uh, Oklahoma at Tulsa. That's basically a, a home game for both of those teams. Uh, number 19, Oklahoma against Tulsa. They look decent against uh, SMU. They'll probably look decent against Tulsa. You got Northwestern at a ranked Duke team like who would have thought you would see Duke in the top 25 of college football basketball yes football not so much you know I heard somebody talk about uh, Duke and Clemson the other day and like when you look at the rosters Clemson has like 53 five-star players or four or five-star players and Duke has two so all things being even you know Clemson should have won that game but was it coaching was it playing you know, you can't pull the ball in the turf. We all know that. But if you look at the way that Duke played, their quarterback is for real. Like, I forget his name off the top of my head because I've only watched him once, but that kid's no joke. He's slowly creeping up there. Do not be surprised if he is in the hunt and they start talking about him for the Heisman in the next week or so. If he has another good performance and it's going to be against Northwestern, 
like this kid's going to have a chance to to throw a, a bunch of balls because Northwestern is going to struggle this season just based off everything that happened in the offseason with the coach. You got Virginia Tech and Russ, Rutgers. That's going to be on a Big Ten network at 3.30. Hey, watch that one for Army alum going on to uh, coach at that school. You got FIU and UConn. That one will be an interesting matchup, Dano. I know you're probably going to be watching that one. But I think <laughs> FI, FIU is a decent team, you know, and, yeah. and UConn is, is come, coming UConn's up. UConn's 0-2. they got to find a way to win this game. I mean, yeah. that's that's too disappointing. Sure. Opening contest, I don't think – you know, necessarily we're expecting to beat NC State, but um, last week I thought they'd show up a little bit more. I don't remember who they played, but they lost bad. Yeah, well, this one's going to be a good one. East Carolina and App State, that one's going to be a great yep. game just based off of the way that both of those teams play. East Carolina is always in the game. They rarely get blown out. Uh, and App State, uh, I don't know what the, the line is, but I'm definitely – like I'd bet they over on that one pretty easily because I think both of these teams can score and they got a lot of talent. You've got Alabama licking their wounds against the University of South Florida. Sorry, South Florida. You guys are going to take a beating because Saban is going to put it on you if they can. You know, I don't know how USF's uh, defensive line looks, but uh, if their defensive line is anything remotely Uh close to anything that uh, Texas put on the field, Bama might be in trouble. Yeah, USF looked competitive with uh, Western Kentucky, but not good. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I think I think the uh, tide will be all right. To touch on what you said about Bama, you, you know, it, it was kind of like what we were saying earlier. They were so good for so long that you've seen this stuff growing up and playing sports where maybe it was a crosstown rival or another school, but all of a sudden they graduate a bunch of talent. They put a bunch of talent in the NFL, and the guys behind them, all of a sudden they have a swing and a miss. They're allowed to have a swing and a miss at quarterback every 15 years. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe this guy doesn't want to step in and fill Jameer Gibbs' shoes, or maybe he's not built like that yet. You know, you can't reload consistently every single year and get the exact same results without having one down year or one off year. It's incredible they did it as long as they did. But maybe Bama is in trouble because offensively, they did not. Like, Bama always had a shot offensively. If they were within two scores and there was eight minutes left, game was well from being well far from being over and uh that team couldn't move the ball yeah i i think they've got some they've got some issues they got to hammer out some new line plays maybe it's shifting some positions around or putting some new guys in put some young guys in who knows but i mean for the future of that program i i don't think their quarterback is is as like look he won the damn heisman trophy last year their quarterback is not as good as bryce young or you know or not you know, or close to it, you know, had a Heisman finalist and a guy going back for a second time going for the Heisman trophy. Um, yeah. Got Tulane and Southern Miss. I think that'll be a good game. Southern Miss plays hit or miss, but I think they'll play Tulane tough. Uh, you've got ULM at Texas A&M. Like this may be the only time ever I root for ULM. Uh, I like to see, <laughs> I would like to see, you know, old Jimbo Fisher get another black eye two weeks in a row. And that's just because, you know, Texas A&M, I think they, they sleep on a lot of their opponents, and that's what usually gets them in trouble. It's not the fact that they can't play them. It's that the fact they're like, well, we're Texas A&M. And, like, those of you that served in the Army for more than two days and served with somebody from Texas A&M, you know what I'm talking about. So we'll move on. Western Kentucky takes on Ohio State. Again, Western Kentucky, decent team. Ohio State, they're struggling offensively. However, you know, this past week, uh, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. kind of got on his uh, – on the track this week. So, I mean, it just depends on like, if they have a defensive matchup, that's not good. 
you know, what you're starting to see is you're starting to see the Buckeyes run the ball a lot more to keep the ball out of their quarterback's hands or keep him from having to make decisions. And that's not a good thing because normally that is the opposite of that. Like we throw a run at you just to keep you honest because we trust our quarterback enough to move the ball. And that is now flipped this season. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how the rest of the season plays out for Ohio state with a quarterback that is not as trusted as the previous 17 dudes that have either transferred out or gone into the NFL for Ryan day. You got Idaho at California. You've got, uh, NC Central against UCLA, another one of those weird ones. Another another one of those weird ones. You got Washington State versus Northern Colorado. That one's weird. Michigan State is going to take a beating at the five o'clock kick against Washington. Like that, like that's just going to be insult to injury on top of everything else that's going on with that program. I would hate to be in that locker room going into this week because you know that your coach is gone. You know that you're probably going to have an interim coach. How do we survive, you know, the rest of the season with all the off the field stuff really being the bigger issue than what's going on on the field. Yeah. And they got to play Michael Penix jr. Who is um, the real deal. Yeah. That, that guy's that dude's game. Yeah. That dude's legit. He's going to put it on him. Uh, Let's see. Moving on. You've got uh, not really much of interesting things until we get to the James Madison and Troy game. And that's just because that's a future army opponent. JMU is good. I mean, they would have been in a bowl game last year had they been eligible, but because of the rules, when you move up, you can't take the first year bowl game, which is kind of silly, but uh, they're taking on Troy. Uh, and then Dano has highlighted Tennessee at Florida. Again, I think like they're in the swamp. Anything can happen in the swamp. We've seen people get upset in the swamp in Florida. It's a, and it's a fluke game. We always know it's a fluke game. Yeah. Everybody, Tennessee, Tennessee, Florida is a little like Army Navy. It seems like, um, you know, Tennessee may win that game occasionally, but it's always close to yeah. when Tennessee wins, whereas Florida's dropped some hurt on them. So I'd like yeah. to see the Vols drop a licking. Well, the other part of it is, is everybody's still being so hard on Joe Milton, man. Like, I haven't seen him, like, not perform since he's been the starter. So I don't know why the Boo Birds, like, all the all the sports writers are on his case. And I, you is know, it because he transferred? I don't know. He's a six-foot-five Teddy Bridgewater, okay? He's a really good game manager with a fantastic arm. He's just inconsistent. You know, he started at Michigan a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. But when he came in, he was a five-star. And uh, he just didn't quite live up to that hype, but he's not a bad quarterback. I mean, if you've seen the YouTube video of him throwing the ball 70 yards in the end zone, literally 70 yards yeah, into the end yeah, zone, yeah. hitting a receiver, um, he's got a big-time arm. Um, but he's not handing hooker. And, um, you know, there, there's not a whole lot of those guys either. It's a tough act to follow. So, yeah. I actually well, think Tennessee wins that game. They're minus six and a half right now, and I kind of like them. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you think about it, there's there's some quarterbacks on teams that are going to be tough to replace. Hinton Hooker is like a once-in-a-lifetime guy. Like, Tennessee has not had a quarterback that good in a very, very long time. And so I think it's just it's interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, Michigan's taking on Bowling Green. That's a 730 kick on the Big Ten Network. You got Georgia Tech and Old Miss. I'm going to call an upset on that one because Georgia Tech has looked good. Like, they Whoa. were so, – Yes, they were – Big upset, eh? Yeah, they were, 75, they were a 75-yard fumble away from beating Louisville. And I mean, it was a late miscue that cost him that game. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call the upset for Georgia Tech. I may not put it in my picks, but I'm definitely gonna say that one out loud just so everybody has it for the record. Florida, right, Atlantic. Well, if they don't cover. I'm gonna kick you in the shins when I see you. 
That's quite now okay. Now I got to bet on it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got Florida Atlantic and uh, Clemson playing. Like, uh, come Clemson, on, man, dude, <laughs> dude, Clemson, Clemson's got a. What's the matter? Problem. Gardner Webb was busy. Yeah, exactly. Clemson, Clemson legitimately has a quarterback problem, and like we said, like as we watch the more pro style offense come in, these teams are becoming more and more predicated off of the quarterback play. And Clemson is one of those teams where if their quarterback is good, like if you have Trevor Lawrence, you're going to win a bunch of games, right? You got DJ Uliangale, not so much. And DJ went Beautiful to another pronunciation, and he's balling out of control, right? He just yeah, he needed is. to be in the right. He needed to be in the right system, and the Clemson system wasn't right for him. So moving on, you got Wyoming and Texas. Like if this would have been the beginning right. of the season, not watching what happened this past week, I would have been like, okay, watch out for Wyoming to be sneaky and keep it close, like take them to cover. But uh, after what they did to Bama, Wyoming better hold on because I think Texas is on a roll, and and they are going to continue to 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 pound the rock at them and, and take them out of the the game. This one's silly. Pac-12 after dark. You've got Hawaii and Oregon. Then you got Colorado State and Colorado, the old Rocky Mountain Showdown, which is a great freaking football game, but it kicks at 10 p.m. on ESPN. Who in H-E double hockey sticks is going to be up late for that game? Uh, you know why they probably did it? Because they know that people are going to watch because of Coach Prime. Yeah. Like that's the yeah. only thing I can think of because, like, that game should be like an eight o'clock kick so it can be primetime television. And it's primetime yep. on the left coast. I get it. But yeah. So we kind of talked about it through uh, throughout the course of the game. But any big games that you're watching or anything else that we didn't cover uh, that so, you guys are really going to be picking in on? I don't, I don't love this slate by and large. Um, but James Madison at Troy is interesting because, like you said, the Army appointment, but also because JMU was so good last year. I'm not sure Troy is quite as good as they were last year. Uh, Pitt at West Virginia is amazing. And uh, the best noon game, that noon slate looks kind of rough, but got Liberty at Buffalo, which is – I thought Buffalo looked real good in the first week, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them win that one. Yeah, the old Rocky Mountain Showdown, man. That's a that's an old Big East rivalry that went away with all the conference realignment, which is unfortunate because that's a that's a huge game. Like if you know anybody that went to Pitt or WVU, like that is their Super Bowl. So I think that's very important, Joe. How about you? Um, you know, JMU just beat Virginia. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, uh, yeah, they're and, good. They were good uh, last year. They're I, good this year. I was. Ver- I was very surprised by that. I actually played uh, Virginia plus six and a half, and it and it and it cashed. But because um, I knew it was going to be close, I was like, okay, we'll find out how good James Madison is because they're going to to Virginia to play. So yeah, that Troy game would be fun because Troy always plays tough for some reason. Um, I'll probably have a little interest in Colorado because Vegas still does not know how to handicap them. Hmm. Uh, I, I hit a Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter. And the points with the under, or I'm sorry, yeah, with the under 50 last weekend, I hit a same game parlay because Vegas still doesn't really understand what they're dealing with. And we talked about Heisman earlier. Uh, sure, Sanders is the favorite for the Heisman if we're asking right now. I mean, there's no question. No one's got his stats. Uh, the guy has beaten two quality teams and hung huge numbers. So, um, you know, and that, and that RG3 actually agreed with me on that one. He said, well, said it earlier this week that that would be his number one for the Heisman. So I'll check that game out. And, I, you know, I'll be tuning into Michigan, but I'll never miss a Florida-Tennessee game. If it's on, I'm going to watch it. Um, 
you know, like, like I said, Vegas has that at a six, six and a half point uh, spread. So Florida's probably going to feel a little disrespected. And uh, these two teams do not like each other. So uh, probably the best collection of four and five stars on the field Saturday will be um, in the swamp. Cause I mean, yeah, you don't really so. have a whole lot of big teams going up against each other. So um, I, I really do enjoy the 18 and a half points that Northwestern's getting against Duke. I think that game's going to be much closer. I think Duke wins by 10, maybe two touchdowns, but I don't think they beat them by more than 18 and a half points. It's still Northwestern. Um, the one thing Northwestern has in common with army is they always play very disciplined and hard nosed football. And I don't know if they lose that cause they don't have Pat Fitzgerald, but I still say they put up a respectable fight and Duke probably wins a uh, 10 to 14 point game there. So I'll be checking those ones out. Um, Tulane, I'd like to see them come back and, uh, you know, come back this week and, and get a dub. Cause I've always, I've kind of been on them since last year. They made me a lot of money. I love their uniforms <laughs> and uh, I was rooting for them against Ole Miss. But uh, so I think they should have a bounce back week and, um, Oh, you know, Washington and Michigan State, because I want to see exactly how good Michigan State is before we play them or Michigan plays them. So that's about it. But like you said earlier, until we get a little deeper in the season, there's not going to be those games that you're like thinking about the night before getting excited about. Um, so, yeah, that's that's about it for me. I, I don't like Michigan's soft schedule this year, and I'll take as much crap from people that don't like Michigan as they'll give me because it's fair. I'd be saying the same thing. Um, it's the first time in a long time Michigan hasn't played a ranked opponent or a big-time school before they started the conference. Uh, I understand why they did it. I still don't like it. Um, I'd like to see them play another big game where you really don't know who's going to win early on in the season. So, yeah, that'll be that'll be what I'll be watching. Um, Penn State and Illinois should be interesting, but uh, I think Penn State goes in there and hangs it on them pretty good. And then Minnesota, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and before we go in, into weekly locks, one thing that I, I did want to say is like, as we're moving towards the 18 playoff, I think the powder puff games are going to be a lot more frequent and people are going to front load their schedule so they can be like three or, you know, so they can be in the discussion. Like I want to be hanging around in the top 10 so I can be in the top four towards the end of the year. Because what I don't want to do is I don't want to be Notre Dame and play Michigan the first game and then lose one or be like Ohio State and lose to Virginia Tech, even though they weren't supposed to. And it completely derails the rest of the season. You know, so everybody's going to front load the not so great teams so they can have the best record possible as we're getting into the stretch. Yeah. Don't say that, you know, don't I please do not think that I agree conference with that. play is, is suddenly way more important than it was when you there were four slots getting in. Now yeah. you you really need to do well in your conference, which yeah, okay. you know, maybe that's an improvement, maybe it isn't, but we are I've seen a hell of a lot of cupcake games early in the season. Yeah, because we're we're in week three and we still got dudes taking on, you know, schools that they shouldn't be playing. Anyway, let's pause for a second and we'll jump into the weekly locks. Weekly locks. Dano, what you got? Uh, I went one and two last week. Colorado came through, but UMass and Bama both disappointed. I almost took UConn. They also disappointed, as we said. Um, Tennessee minus six and a half at Florida. 
I, I just think the Vols have much more talent. After watching the U, uh, Florida get smashed by uh, Utah, I was not impressed. I mean, I understand losing that game, but getting smoked, that's a different thing. Also took Florida State minus 28 at BC. I'm surprised it's not minus 40. That's a little weird. And uh, UMass at Eastern Michigan, over 52 and a half. UMass is a dead nut over team. They may score some points, but they do not stop anybody. Yeah, that's fair. Joe, how about you? I like it. Um, I'm not I'm not getting off the uh, Colorado train yet. Um, they're minus 22 and a half at Colorado State. And after beating Nebraska by 22 points, um, I, I think they cover here and, and cover quite easily, to be honest with you. I like Tennessee minus six and a half. And for the same reasons Dano does, I watched that Utah-Florida game. And Florida didn't just get beat. They got pumped. I mean, they got smacked around. Their offense was not all out of sorts. Um, and I've, I've just not seen a Florida team that didn't look that physical in a long time. And this one's going to throw you off. But because of what you said about the Buckeyes, Michigan is doing the same thing. Okay. They didn't have their starters in midway through the third quarter of the last game. And I think they're going to do it again this week. So I'm taking bowling green plus 40 because i think michigan's <laughs> gonna win a 42 to 7 game i really do they run they run they have these six minute drives you know michigan might not score 40 points themselves so i mean um, what do they care right a win yeah, the win. yeah. you get out of there healthy yep. they've, they've won their they beat east they beat ecu by 27 they beat uh unlv by 28 so i'll take yeah. 40 points um because once your third stringers are in there, all, all scouting reports are out the window, you know. And Michigan's, yeah. you know, when 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 the scrubs are in there, no one cares if they just get some plays in. Um, yeah. So that's really just clock time, in my opinion. But yeah, I like Colorado minus the twenty-two and a half, Tennessee minus six and a half, Bowling Green plus forty, and I'm taking Northwestern plus eighteen and a half. Really? At Duke? That's yeah, cool. I I think they keep I think they keep it close. I don't, I don't really see them getting blown away. Yeah, I, I mean that is consistent, and I, and I will say, in most teams, usually when there is a coaching kerfuffle, it's not the defense that struggles because that's usually pretty consistent. And at this point in the season, the defense is probably further ahead than the offense. But a change in the front office like that is always going to have an impact. So. Moving on to my picks, I went two and one this past week. I hit on Colorado and Wake and missed on the Notre Dame game. Sam Hartman, jerk, <laughs> with throwing touchdown passes, right? <laughs> yeah, I hope you stub your big toe on the way to the locker room, Sam Hartman. Yeah, yeah. So uh, take the over in the Florida State BC, the Florida State BC game. Like uh, this might be one of your special parlays, Joe, and, and look into Florida State scoring, you know, fifty-five and a half themselves, because I don't think they're going to show any yep. mercy on BC and the way that BC played against Holy Cross, like they were in a dogfight until the fourth quarter. So like if you are a Boston yeah. college Eagles fan, you know, go ahead and get your lunch pail and, and get your drama mean because you're going to be going on a fast moving train because Florida state has yeah. like the team speed at FSU is disgusting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they covered like, you 38 and a half live last week. Yeah. Live yeah. in the, in the, third quarter they they covered so uh yeah they're just a scoring machine travis hunter that's another guy that might be in the heisman contention here after another couple wins because who did they just chew up lsu yeah 
Yeah. Everyone was questioning who the better quarterback was. They weren't questioning it after the first quarter. Yeah, like it, like it's a wrap. Like I think Florida State just has too much team speed, and, and so that's that honor. Not. Travis Henry. Yeah, Travis Henry. Sorry. That's right. Uh, I'm taking South Carolina to cover 27 and a half against Georgia. Georgia. That's nuts. You know, Georgia. That's nuts. Georgia's I'm good. Sorry. I love I'm you, telling, but that's nuts. I'm telling you, like the the, the dance is happening, man. The dance. Check is happening. Georgia, Georgia is going to do it again. Georgia is going to be that team that is going to pull away in the fourth quarter and win by ten. Like that's what we've seen. That's what they did last year. We saw them do it against Missouri. We saw them do it against a lot of teams. Like they, dude, they pulled around with uh, their first opponent this season. You know, it took them till midway through the third quarter before they really started opening the game up. And so I think twenty-seven and a half is reasonable because Spencer Rattler is going to get you some points. He may not the, beat him, but he's going to get. The problem is that it's an SEC game in division, and they may just vaporize them. Like I agree, that could totally happen. But they may all just—they may also show up and drop fifty in the first half. Yeah, that—that's true. But uh, yeah. again, Georgia, Spencer Rattler might throw three touchdowns, but there's a good chance one of them's to the other team because he is. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. And, and like I said, I—I'm I, going out on a limb on that one. That one will probably be the one that causes me to miss this week. And then again, take the take the over in UNC in Minnesota. I think UNC is prime for for an upset. But for sure, it's going to be a shootout. I don't know if Minnesota has enough juice to beat them, but 49 points, I think that's easy because Minnesota has already been taken to overtime once this season. UNC already taken to overtime once this season against App State. I'm willing to bet that uh, skill for skill, Minnesota is probably just as good or better than App State. And I'd like that matchup to to hit the over. Either way, uh, like I said, you know, Colorado to cover over 55, uh, South Carolina to cover 27 against Georgia, and, you know, take the over of 49 against UNC and Minnesota. I think that one's going to be an interesting game to watch. And then as we're getting close to the end, we'll wrap the show up with the bandwagon update. So bandwagon fantasy sports, we're doing our, our pick'ems league with these guys right now. Matt and Dano are tied for 32 points in the number one position. There's a four-way tie for second place with 26 points, and then there is a four-way tie for third with 24 points. So far, so good. I got to remember to make my, my changes after the lines move because what I'll do is I'll try and make some changes on Monday and I'll think about them. I'm like, oh, I need to make changes. And then I don't look at the line of the game and then it ends up biting me in the butt. So I'm going to wait until like Wednesday night when the lines are set before I start making adjustments. So I, one thing about the bandwagon thing that I did not appreciate until we were two weeks into this was the importance of getting away wins. Man, I'm telling you, like I got Notre Dame last week with the away win against uh, North Carolina State, and that was like money. So yeah. when we do this next year, it's all about the away wins. Yeah. So again, and we're we're testing this thing out live for for, yeah. for Alan. So I think this is awesome. Alan Mix is is partnering with us this year to to do this. I think it's fun. It's easier. It's a lot. It's a lot uh, simpler then having to make picks every week and track them and do all the update and spreadsheet. And it takes the work workload off of James because he's got uh, actually more important real world things to do. So <laughs> very, very helpful. But this brings you to the end of the college football roundtable or two O's and an NCO. Hey, college football is in full effect. 
We are here for both your Army football and your college football coverage. Thanks again for joining us tomorrow. If you guys are not around and you guys didn't see it, drop into the chat. The Army football show is at 530 for those of you guys that are going to be able to join us. Thanks again for joining us. And, like, hey, if you have any topics that you want us to cover, you want the team to deep dive here on Astro Football, the College Football Roundtable, shoot us a note on the socials, and we will catch you guys next week. Thanks. B-U-T-S-A. Beat them. Thanks for listening to the Astro Football College Football Roundtable. Tune in next week as the AFF team brings you more hot takes and college football analysis. We'd like to thank our sponsor, BuyerBarn.com. BuyerBarn.com is the world's first platform to perform online auctions and sales for farm animals. BuyerBarn.com is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and are extending a special discount to military veterans who want to help in the revolution of the family farm. Go to BuyerBarn.com forward slash military. That's BuyerBarn.com, B-Y-R-E-B-A-R-N.com to learn more and to get started or email them at info at BuyerBarn.com. Thanks again for listening to Ask for Football College Football Roundtable and as always, Beat Navy.